Saturday, April 20th. Hey, 420. Um, I'm a USAPL lifter. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll tell you when you're older. Okay, thank I'm, you. I'm significantly older than you, so I'll tell you when you're older. Thank you. And, yeah, I can't wait for you to tell me, too. Yeah, it'll be great. And, yeah, Saturday, April 20th, Two White Lights is back with Bane in the studio. We're back together. I know. It feels good. It does feel it's good. It's fucking gorgeous out. It is. It, Seriously could not be a nicer day. Not a cloud in the sky. The evil layer looks a little less evil today because it's a beautiful day. I have Bane in the studio. I had the FaceTime last week. The world looks ready for domination. I, that's what I feel like from the evil layer. Yeah. Like more this. beautiful day, the more the world needs to be on notice. Exactly. And exactly. last week I had Matt Wallace on. Yep. Thank you very much, Matt, for always, being always my co-host. Good to, to see Matt and to hear Matt. I love you. I love you, Matt. And I'm thank you for uh, letting me train at uh, the Calb. And then right after training, doing the show with you. But Two White Lights is back in studio, back in the evil lair. Reunited. It feels so good. And we're in the same room. And if, Yeah, it does feel good. I mean, those FaceTime interviews are great and all, but face-to-face is much better. You, you like the thickness in front of you. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So very fun, exciting show. We have an interview with Riley Presnell, 83-kilogram female lifter. Awesome interview. Very, very bright female lifter. Has a very bright future. In yeah. the sport as well, so, Agreed. uh, yeah, I, I had a great time interviewing. I unfortunately had to interview solo, but we still had a really good because time. Because I am the adultest of adults and had things going on. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah, Bane's gonna be much more busier than I am throughout yeah. every single show we yes. do. Yes, yes, I will. So, I wanna start this show off on some breaking news. And, yeah. when I say breaking news, it is the least fucking surprising news in the history of news. It, it is up there with water being wet. Yes. Yes. I, that, that's up there. Hey, yeah, this just end. Water is wet. Sky is blue. The mountain. Hathor Brunson. Was on E60. Did yep. a little interview with him. World's strongest man. One of the best in the world right now. Yep. Great power lifter. Defending world's strongest man, actually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, admitted to being on steroids at points of his career. Probably still. As, as in, like, that morning, probably? <laughs> yeah, probably within this last training cycle. Yep. Um, and admitted to PED use. And every single power lifter, every single bodybuilder, every single person involved in straight sports was watching that and just said, no fucking shit, he's yep. on steroids. No kidding. But guess what? E60 thought there was a... Big scoop. Some revelation. They're like, holy shit, that was some gotcha journalism. The mountain, the man who's, what, 28 years old? Something like that. Who looks like he ate six 28-year-olds? Yes. Is on steroids? Get out of town. Are you kidding me? They thought they did. They thought they had this huge news story, and then I think you could, he could tell that he's like, oh, I guess I can't say this. Yeah. So he just... Doesn't want to talk about PED use, so he kind of changed the subject and told him, it's like, I'm not answering more questions about this. Yeah. But it it was hilarious. It was hilarious to me to see, one, like, ESPN put it on, like, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Oh, yeah. And Facebook. 
And it made Bleacher Report. It was on my alerts. Yeah, and I was and I was sitting there like, holy shit, there is an actual severe disconnect between strange sports, the sports that we love, the sport that we're covering. And civilized society. And and yeah, civilized society in all sports. Yeah. Because this is ESPN, this is the cream of the creme. It's supposed to be. Believe us. I don't know. Creme de la creme. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> is that French? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Alright, yeah, French. They, not like a language worth learning, that's exactly. for sure. But. Spanish and Italian. This is, yeah, this is the top, top news source you're gonna get. ESPN, sports. We have one of our own kind of on ESPN. Yeah. And then they of course asked him the PEDs thing, and he's like, yeah, I, have taken them before. You got to do what it takes to win, or whatever he said. Do what it takes to be the best. Do what it takes to be the best. You got to get yep. that step up. And they thought they come across this massive uh, confession, and we're sitting there like, yeah, yeah, no kidding. He takes PEDs. You don't get to be six foot eight and four hundred pounds and deadlift a thousand pounds with relative ease and uh, without being on some stuff. I'm not saying you're going to be just on an incredible amount because really, you know, he he didn't elaborate and didn't go into like what he would take. But you know, to your point, there is that stigma of quote unquote cheating mm-hmm. with steroids because we think that all of our athletes are clean. Yeah, we think because they take drug tests, therefore you're drug tested, therefore mm-hmm. you're drug free. That there's no possible way anybody else does it, and somehow this is to your point. Gotcha. You get the big scoop. Revelation knowledge, an incredibly large, strong human being has taken performance-dancing drugs. An incredibly large large human being who lifts weights for a living. For a li- <laughs> this is literally how this man makes his money, and in order to make that money, he has to be stronger than everyone else. Yes. Steroids make you strong, and I, his business is strong. I, just, I want to know who is sitting there listening to that, filming it, asking the question goes, my God, I never thought this. Yeah, it's... There's no way. And, yeah, and it, it made me laugh hysterically at some of the comments that I saw. Oh, it was yeah. it was, it was was cringeworthy to see some of the things. Like, there's no integrity left in sports. There's none of this. There's none of that. Um, and I, again, I I guess I'm just so far into being a powerlifter, being in the gym always. Yeah. Hanging out with powerlifters, hanging out with bodybuilders, hanging out with people who are into fitness, yeah. where we don't give a shit about steroid use. No. We don't, only time we care is if someone's lying about it. Basically. So in powerlifting, where's, there's natural federations. Yep. If people are lying about it and they're caught, it's like, dude, you're fucking telling people you're not on steroids and you're on steroids. Yeah. Just, That's bullshit. Don't just go do over that. to the other federation. They will welcome you with open arms. Yeah. And then, but, but in the sport, it, like, the talk about it is so free and we, yeah. and, and we're all cool with it because, it's a strange sport. Steroids make you strong, and we need to be strong. We need to be strong in this business. Now, I know me and you and I don't take any steroids, but Correct. we know many, 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 many people who do. Yes. And it's cool. We're fine with it, and we're in different federations for a reason. I like how the computers made that beat, like, somehow yeah. wrong. That we yeah, don't, <laughs> we don't, don't fucking fact check my ass. Don't <laughs> fact check my ass laptop, bitch. Uh. <laughs> but... but uh, but yeah, but here's what I've realized because I have a normal job. Yep. I'm with normal people, people not in the gym, and this the conversation does come up occasionally. Yep. Um, with for my profession, young adults, yep. younger adults, yep. and you could see you could like see when they ask, and then I'm about to go into my regular rant about steroids or just regular thing like I don't give a shit. Sure. People take them in the sport, and it's okay to take them. People Just take be drugs. smart about it. People take drugs. People take drugs, and this yep. one can be safe. 
yeah. if used properly. Yep. But then that's kind of the whole gist of it. Use it, use it properly, wait a long time before you do it. Do it natural for a while, and then once you hit that, you know, real wall, then maybe start taking it. Yep. And I realized, like, I can't say that shit because I could get fired. Yep. I could get into a lot of trouble. I could get into a weird argument. I could get a bunch of people. I mean, someone just bought it up. Uh, if you guys follow baseball in my office, Mike Trout. Yep. Mike Trout, and he immediately accused him of being on steroids. It's like, what the fuck? Let the guy get test positive first. Yeah, I don't think, is. personally, I don't think he is. I think he's just a great athlete. Yeah. But he's like, man, it's like, shit, I guess I can't talk about steroids freely because I'll tell people, yeah, I don't give a shit, and... And then if you have an extensive knowledge of them, then people are going to assume no, like, immediately. Oh, oh, yeah, you sure know a lot about this. I'm like, well, one, I totally don't. This is a bare minimum yep. of the expertise required to talk about steroids is yes. what I'm giving you right now. entry-level, like, baseline. I will tell you this. Coast from Zenzo, Bane 316, we're not going to be telling you what stuff to take, mm-hmm. what amounts to take. I think I accidentally told someone to take more of it, and then Janelle almost punched me for saying that. Makes so, don't, yeah, I... Always, just always up the dose. Yeah, I just said, take more of it. Yeah. He's like, no, don't ever tell someone to do that. I'm like, so, oh, my bad. So this, this comes up in, in my profession a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say, and, and this is not a knock on you, I probably get asked more about it than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, you definitely do. Assuming because I'm bigger. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting, too, because we actually, at, in a former life, my previous employer... I did a lot of customer-facing stuff, and we actually had a game where we would play. We would actually start a stopwatch mm-hmm. with every customer meeting to see how long it took somebody to ask the question. Yeah. And, and it was not a, do I know anything about it? It specifically was, was I on? Yeah. And the, the record was 17 seconds, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally first question, yeah. uh, which was great. Yeah, and I guess in other professions that I've had um, and worked in, they would often joke. It's like, well, you're on fucking steroids. So. Of course. And then if I raised my voice, it was like, oh. He's going through his little roid rage yeah, again. Going to rage out. The bad guy's going through the roid rage again. I'm like, yeah, I'm the bad guy for a reason. Listen but here, Chico. Yeah, and it was just... First of all. Ayo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Chico. Oh, you good. like that? I like that. Well, then yeah, that would happen to me, and it was a joke. I didn't give a shit. And they were all... I mean, I was working construction, so they yeah. didn't give a shit about any Trust sort me, of they're drug they're on other stuff, too. So. Yeah, they didn't give a shit about any <laughs> other uh, drug use, but... There, there is a crazy stigma, especially in the sports world, and there's this is kind of why we're not just going to become mainstream. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I would argue this is why Olympic lifting isn't as mainstream. Uh, possibly. I, I think it's, yeah, it's it's the association and the stigma. If you if you are stronger than your peers, and so I'm going to take that if that means the average human being, if you're a pro athlete and you're stronger than everybody else in the pros, people just assume. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no way, and that's what I find interesting. You have all these people who are, you know, record breakers, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a professional athlete, and I, and I will touch on that because we we talked about this before the show. I I know a decent amount of professional athletes, specifically football players, and we mm-hmm. talked about this. We've talked about this extensively. Oh, I mean, I mean, I played high school football on you guys in college. Yeah, steroid is rampant, rampant in high school. In high school, yeah. I, I distinctly remember a guy at my high school who. Went from, you know, he, he basically started using it when he was like 16. Mm-hmm. And this dude, he's a couple years younger than me. He legit looked like some of the lifters that we train against and compete against now yep. that are in non-test federations at 17. Yeah. The kid was just massive. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, uh, you know, talking about, you know, usage and, and all that kind of stuff, it, there is a stigma that goes with it because somehow people think, A, it's cheating. And, and to your point, 
anything that comes around the youth, now all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're imbuing them with this idea that it's okay. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, it, it's so, it's tough because you can actually say like, no, it's, it's, it's not that it's okay or not. It's just that it doesn't matter. And, but again, you, you, especially in your case, you have to be so careful with what you say around them because yeah. otherwise you put yourself in a position to you know, get fired. Yeah. And it's a general fear. And then you just kind of don't want the judgment. And I kind of with the mountain giving that interview, it's like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. No. It's like, I just want to talk about it because I know you're going to misconstrue everything that I have to fucking say. Yep. And then you're going to, and then you're just going to make, you know, you're going to make a soundbite out of it. So, I mean, he kind of knew what was happening, and a lot of people do the same thing. I think yeah. Brock Lesnar walked off set once because yep. a guy, and it was such a puss way, mm-hmm. it was as a bitch of him to ask like, this way, like, being on series, like, well, you, you're so big, you're you're so strong, you, you're such a good athlete, you're yep. so powerful, have you ever, and then you just, which, by the way, ask Brock Lesnar questions. Don't pussyfoot around him because he will destroy you. You will lose. <laughs> so it. just ask him a question. Yeah, so this guy was pussyfooting around the question, quite literally. And Brock Lesnar just he's like, "All right, I'm not. Fu- uh, this fucking interview is over." Just walked off. And he's like, "Look at the drug test. Never failed a drug test in my life. You can ask a question. Ask a question." Yep. And I see a lot of other strength athletes go through this. Other athletes as well go through this. Yep. Jake Arrieta, former Cubs pitcher. I'm a massive Cubs fan. Hopefully you guys understand the reference, but he was going through an incredible stretch as a pitcher on the Cubs. Immediately got a steroid a- uh, accusation from uh, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. And First of all, Jake, fuck Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, of course. <laughs> fuck that guy. At times he's in- incredibly entertaining at times. He does deserve a sweet chin music to the chin. <laughs> Multiple times per day. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But Jake Arrieta called him out immediately. And Jake Arrieta is not a guy to back away from shit, too, because Jake Arrieta is, you know, he gets on Twitter or he tells you face-to-face, like, if you think I'm on steroids, let's do a test right now. So it's like you're discrediting everything that I've done because of that, and there's a massive stigma around it due to, in my opinion, baseball in the early 2000s. Baseball and the Russians. Yeah. I say say baseball a little bit more so because it's recent, and it went to Congress, and and a lot of those guys became – excommunicated from the sport. Yeah, I mean, look at Clemens and McGuire and Sosa. I mean, these guys, like, they should have been, should have been first-round Hall of Famers. Yeah, uh, well, especially Barry Bonds. Barry first Bonds round, is, Barry, Barry Bonds, in my opinion, is the greatest baseball player of all time. Him and then Alex Rodriguez, number yeah. two. And you put those one or two, both of them te- uh tested positive. I believe both of them tested positive. I don't want to, I don't know if Barry Bonds actually tested positive. Alex Rodriguez did and admitted to use. Yes, he uh, did. but I don't know if no, Barry Bonds. I don't think exactly. Bonds ever actually had a positive test. I don't think he ever did. Yeah, that's that's like kind of where, and I think Sammy Sosa is in the same yeah, way because yeah, yeah, he yeah. will constantly say like, "I have never failed a drug test." Yeah, I have never failed a drug test in my life. While he is currently a white human being, he is. But that's beside the point. Whole, whole I don't think that has to do with steroids either. Whole something, different thing. Something weird. But uh, and the stigma around that, I remember as a kid, yep. watching that and being bummed out because I was upset that. Barry Bonds on steroids, especially Sammy Sosa. If you're a Cubs fan in that era, you love Sammy Sosa. Yep. I had probably two jerseys and like four of his posters. Yep. I love Sammy Sosa growing up. Uh, Rafael, Rafael Palmero, mm-hmm. he got pretty much excommunicated from the sport. Mark well, McGuire started getting back in. Mark, Rafael Palmero ran his mouth a lot. Yeah, he fucked up. He fucked up a lot on that. Yeah, he fucked up and... It, and the, and the reason because there's a stigma around it. Right. And it's believed so, cheating. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And it, as you hit it right on the head. It is perceived cheating. Yeah. And and I get it. 
if there is an explicit rule against the use of marked performance enhancing drugs, technically it is. Yeah. Technically it is. And however, and, and this is where like I have this conversation constantly with people ad nauseum at this point. If it's not against the rules, it's not cheating. No, no. But in this sport, it has the most integrity taking steroids. Yeah. In we, baseball, not really. In yeah. football, it's against the rules. Right. And all these sports is against the rules. Air quotes. Yes. But it's against the rules to do it. But in this sport, not against the rules. And, and I'm going to say this. I will not name the individual, but there is someone who, who I know, and they were called for a drug test at a powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. And... This individual is, was a professional football player and happened to be doing this powerlifting meet and said, do you ever think you're going to catch me on that? Mm. Best statement ever. Yeah. Because it hits it on the head. Would I be taking it or do you think I'm ever going to be dumb enough to get caught? Yeah. You know, and the end of the day, like That's I said. That's a drop the mic too. It, it really is. If someone does that, just boom. Yeah. The, the, the way I look at it is you still have to do the work. Yeah. What what do steroids do? And so here's here's your little lesson here, kids. Steroids help you recover. Yeah. In one way, shape, or form, it, it, and it comes in a variety of of contexts, but it helps you recover. When you can recover faster, you can train more. When you train more, you get stronger. So that is where the correlation between steroids and strength comes from. Even though, quote unquote, it slows down father time because if people are younger, they do recover faster. Mm-hmm. And, and so. The, the flip side of that, of course, if you take a whole bunch of the stuff, you can start looking older faster, too. Yeah. Uh, but again, the, the other day, Hathor Bjornsson admitted to using steroids. One, I don't think it's as big of an issue in Europe in strength sports. Like, can't really speak I, on that. I think they just don't care because they know it happens. And because because strength sports are much more mainstream there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You're right on that. And so I, I think that's one of the other issues here is, you know, when, when I tell people, that I power lift, it's, oh, so, so you like get on stage? No, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't put the banana hammock on and then go and pose down. No one wants to see that. No one does. No, no one does. Not even Mrs. Bain. But the, again, it comes back to the stigma that it, in this sport, it means nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. And, but, you know, to your point earlier, watching people lose their mind over this. Yep. That, Oh, I never thought that you never thought he would come on now. Really, yeah. really. That's why he's so quick to say yes. Yeah. That's why all of them are so quick to say yes. Dorian Yates is very open about it. So I, a uh, great interview with, uh, Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience. Right. Dorian Yates had. He was very open about it. Arnold Schwarzenegger used to be. And then if you watch the documentary, Bigger, Faster, Stronger, he kind of backtracked on a few things, but most of them are very open about their use. Um, and two, like they don't really want to talk about it because it's fucking irritating to talk about. Yeah. Just constantly, because you know that people are just going to judge you no matter what. You could tell them specifically. The only time you're not being judged is with your peer, with another powerlifter. Correct. So, yeah, I, I, I had, I found that funny. Um, Very funny. Uh, yeah, I guess I, we need a little bit more power, like powerlifting journalists out there to not give a shitty interview and try to get a scoop that isn't really a scoop. Yeah, or just you know. I think we're. Oh, and then let's take, and then I'm sorry to interrupt, but take a fucking look at your own sports too. Yeah. Because I've 
and I won't name this person's name because I forgot this person's name, but played in minor league baseball system, double uh, A. He's like, everyone was trying to take steroids. Everyone was trying to get to the majors. And they didn't give a fuck if they got caught because they're still getting $4 million. Yep. They're still going to get paid. They could be a 280 hitter for three years, and no one will give a shit about them when the sport and, is done. And I hate to break it to everybody who says there's no integrity in sports. I read one of those comments, too. <clears throat> You're going to have questionable integrity, too, when... You can have a half, no, again, this is a unique situation, but you have a half billion dollar contract sitting across from you. Yeah. And all you got to do is stick a needle in your butt. Uh, you give me a half a million I'm dollar contract. Yeah. So, so again, all these people that are holier than thou. Give me, never, a, give me a $40,000 contract to play a sport I love for one year. Yeah. Probably do it. Think about it for sure. Yeah. But play again, baseball? But again, you're talking Half a billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and so everybody that has this holier-than-thou attitude, you need to shut your fucking pie hole because, one, you've never been in that situation, and, two, if you were, you're going to think about it. You mm-hmm. may not do it. I'm not saying you won't hold your standard, but you're sure as shit going to think about it. Yeah. So, dash and rant, hopefully people forget about Wa- this. And they, I, think they, and I think they did. Yeah, it was It was a real quick Real blip. quick one. It was just more of a power of just being like, wow, us meatheads – are much smarter than your dumbasses, huh? Yep. All you guys watching football, baseball, basketball, and say that we're the meatheads, well, it looks like we're a little smarter than you. In this regard, maybe yep. not other things, but us, our meathead asses are smarter than your dumbasses right now. Agreed. So that was kind of, I don't even know if it's an unfortunate thing. In my opinion, a funny thing that happened. I think it was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Good time. Now, something extraordinary happened today. It and did. I'm going to just fanboy out for a little bit. Do it. Do it. Uh, John Hack, Bilbo Swaggins, yep. 181. I really enjoy watching this powerlifter. He is slowly, slowly becoming my favorite powerlifter. He's fantastic to watch. The reason why I have such admiration for him in my weight class, Yep. I always ah. like seeing, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Wow. laughs> you better stop doing that, computer. Oh, it's, oh, by the way, it's reminding me that it's Easter tomorrow. Thanks. I didn't know that, yeah. but but uh, yeah, Hack. I have an admiration for him because he competes in my weight class, and I respect people who are in my division because yeah. I get to actually compare myself Go to them. toe-to-toe with them. Toe-to-toe on total, not Wilkes, yeah. you know, yeah. like comparing myself to a heavyweight is difficult. It is. Comparing myself to a lightweight is difficult, but 181, that's where we get to... You middleweights, get it in, man. Yeah, we when we kind of get to battle it out, and... He had one of the best meets I've ever seen. I mean, he really did, man. That's uh, looking at the numbers. I know you reposted it. I was looking. Yeah, and, at I'll, it. and I'll check the numbers right now. Uh, I, I, the total was nineteen sixty-two. Yes, it was phenomenal. Ten X body weight. I yeah, mean, that's amazing. More than ten X body weight, almost eleven. Mm-hmm. So just a, a phenomenal performance on on his behalf, and did it. With relative ease. Yeah, he went 9 for 9 and totaled over 1,900. Almost 2,000. Yeah, almost 2,000, going 9 for 9 doing that. And it looks effortless. It looks, and it probably is in certain regards, because he mm-hmm. is just so fluid and so perfect. And I think he is like, he's the unicorn. He's the unicorn, at least in my eyes. He's like the Mike Trout of my weight division. Okay. He's like the LeBron James of my weight division. It should be hard, it should be difficult, but he makes it look so easy yeah. that I'm just like, I'm blown away. Because the squad is off the charts, 
And, and it's one of those things where he doesn't have two good lifts. He has three good lifts. Yeah. He has three really, really good lifts. He does. So and that's squat, why he's dominant. Yeah, and squat off the chart looks beautiful, looks pretty, very easy squat. His bench, I think, is the most imp- surprising thing to me because I've never seen a person below the weight of 200 handle 500 pounds that easily in my life. Yeah. I don't give a fuck where he walks away, walks around at. I don't care what weight he is. If you're 200 pounds, if you're 210 pounds and you're making 500 pounds look like child's play, you're on another level. Yep. You're on another level and on top of that broken all time world record deadlift at 782. Yeah. 782 pounds conventional so he doesn't cheat. Um, Unlike some other people. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I can use all the advantages I can get. I'm never hitting the 782, at least at 181. That's, gonna that's be gonna, a challenge. that it's will gonna be, be hard. I would have to probably walk around at 190, 195 if I want to come close to that. Yeah. But nine for nine. And this is, and like, if you want to see what a perfect meet looks like, that's a perfect meet. It looked like he did leave weight on the platform. Yep. Which at this point, it's kind of hard not to if you're just, Doing everything so easily. Kind of playing around, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't think, again, he's playing around. I, I think that it's just. Well, he's still putting forth effort, but. Yeah, I he's, he's, just, he's just so fluid. He's yeah. so technically sound. Yeah. And I, it's like, if you're listening to Two White Lights, if you follow me or you follow Bane, go and follow Bilbo Swaggins. You probably already do, but go and follow him and just look at him lift. And nothing else, follow him for his dog. His dog's adorable. It is. But. Extraordinary day, extraordinary lifter. Congrats to him. Um, I would love to meet him in person one day. I would love to just watch him train one day. Cause I think I think we need to make this happen. He's here in the Midwest. He's so close. Yeah, he's out of Wisconsin. Yeah, so he's so close to us. I think we need to make this happen. Yeah, and, 181 uh, boys. Yeah, 181. Um, USPA. So yep. if I ever go to USPA, I will lose yeah. <laughs> every competition that he's in, which I'm cool with. I'm fine with, because yeah, I will yeah. never in a million years total 1900 or 181. Because right now, right now we're like, hey man, if I get 1700 at USAPL Nationals, I could podium. Yep. yep. And that's like a guy just doing 200 more pounds than me. But. No big deal. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do in this sport? So, congrats to you, Hack, Bill Swaggins. Well done, sir. Uh, looking forward to, I mean, I, I assume we will see him at USPA Nationals in Las Vegas. So. That's one extraordinary lifter. Yep. I interviewed another extraordinary lifter. Yes, you did. Riley Presnell. We had a super interesting conversation about training, about uh, how powerlifting impacts other aspects of life, a mm-hmm. little bit of social media talk, mm-hmm. upcoming plans for meets. Um, really great interview. Again, I did it solo. Sad face. Sad face emoji. But without further ado, here is Riley Presnell. All right. As promised, we got... Riley Presnell at Brick House Fitness today. She is a female 83 kilo lifter. And I guess depending on the federation, raw? Uh, yeah, it just depends. Some of them are classic raw, some is raw. I think if you look on open powerlifting, it's classic raw, but mm-hmm. I compete in sleeves. Yeah, XBC is, that's, for sleeves, that's raw. I think uh, APF might be the only people to... Well, in XPC, when I competed, um, they were listing me as wraps because they don't have anything else to differentiate, I guess. So, like, when Open Powerlifting got my report from there, it said on Open Powerlifting, oh, you, you competed in wraps. I was like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. I think I was one of maybe three people that entire day to use just sleeves. So. <laughs> All right, so APF XPC changed that shit because if you got sleeves on, you're not wrapped. But fascinating lifter, uh, in my opinion, fascinating lifter. Due to the fact that she's strong as fuck, that's that's always a big one, and I had no idea 
the Arnold XBC meet was your second meet. And the very first time I saw you was at APF Raw Power Challenge in uh, December mm-hmm. at 2XL. There was a buzz whenever you were on the platform, and a lot of people were talking about you, and there was kind of like a fanfare sort of thing. <laughs> and it made sense because you were, you're, you're a very strong lifter. Mm-hmm. So I naturally assumed, alright, seasoned vet, maybe, maybe third or fourth meet, but that was your very first meet. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Um, I had, I've been training for powerlifting for like a year prior to that. It was mm-hmm. almost exactly a year. I started in, um, February of 2018, um, with Lonis Green, who runs Callous Hands. Um, he, he, I just started with him. I came to him with like some kind of cool numbers that I had in the gym and, um, started training and we trained from, February until August, I think, and then August is when I started the meat prep for the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend actually kind of talked me into the meat. I think I would have probably waited a little bit. I was still hesitant. I was like, oh, am I going to be good enough? You know, whatever. Um, so she talked me into it a little bit, and we rolled with it, and that was my first meat. So. Yeah, getting talked into a meat was exactly the first time <laughs> I got Talking to you me, really. To. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, it was the same way with Summer Bash, and my friend told me, he's like, just do it with me. I'm like, alright, that's all the convincing I need. <laughs> Someone yelling at me. But, uh, I was six weeks out from that meet, so okay. I was just in the middle of programming, and, uh. You're just like, why not? Yeah, so it's true. It. It. Let's max out over there. I actually think I maxed out, like, three weeks before, or two weeks before, too, and kind of just redid my numbers. But, yeah, that was your first meet, so how did you exactly have that strength base to begin with? Like, that kind of that foundation. Um, so I played sports my whole life. I played volleyball from the time I was maybe, like, six or seven, like, club volleyball, mm-hmm. up until high school. Um, so that's where the legs come from. You mm-hmm. know, everyone talks about my quads, that's where the legs come from. <laughs> um, I did bodybuild for about two years before starting powerlifting, so that was good to build the base of muscle. I mean, granted, that's more like hypertrophy work, but that's actually building muscle, which you need. You can't just, like, necessarily brute force stuff up. So I had a good, like, base of foundation for muscle coming into it. Um, I kind of just played around with weights when I was bodybuilding. I was like, oh, let's just see how heavy I can go, not really knowing that, like, powerlifting was kind of a thing. Like, I didn't really learn about it. Until, like, a year after starting bodybuilding, I was like, oh, people just, like, lift heavy weights for, like, fun. That's, that's cool. Uh, so I just started playing around with, like, heavier things, um, mostly deadlifts because, obviously, that's the most appealing to everyone. I, without much technical form or, like, kind of really knowing what I was doing, I managed to, like, pull just under 400. My squat was, like, a low three, and bench, I think, was always 185 because, mm-hmm. you know, it's bench. <laughs> You suck a bench. I suck a bench. Oh, yeah. That's, I think when the, we had a show, like, on Cliché's Powerlifters Day, and it's always, <laughs> oh, I suck a bench, and I'm like, you don't fucking suck a bench, dude. It's I su- No, I suck a bench. <laughs> we just self-deprecate by trying to one-up each other on self-deprecation. <laughs> it's, 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 it's irritating to a point. Well, I think it's like, I think it's with bench, though, too. It's like the number seems so much smaller the number seems so much smaller because, like, in comparison, like, I have a 400-pound squat and a 400-something deadlift, but my bench is, like, 200. So it's, mm-hmm. like, it seems like it's half the weight, so it doesn't seem as impressive, but it's, like, you're only you're using your arms and your chest. Like, you're not mm-hmm. using your whole body necessarily, like, squat and, be- or squat and deadlift would. You know? Yeah. So it just seems rel- relative strength. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we talked about this before, compared to, like, the general population, bench presses, for powerlifters, even if you, quote-unquote, suck at it, you're pretty damn good at it. Yeah. But, so how long have you been, like, lifting for then? Um, I mean, I guess it's been, uh, almost four years. Okay. Like, if you, if you count, like, bodybuilding and powerlifting together, it's been almost four years. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, it's very similar to how I got butt up in powerlifting was, like, seriously, like, almost a carbon copy of what you just said. Okay, <laughs> sports, bodybuilding, and then, like, oh, my numbers are pretty good, and like, people are like, oh, you're strong, mm-hmm. do powerlifting. I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that is, but, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting that you say that, but from my understanding, you run a conjugate program. <laughs> yeah. Now, now walk me through that because we actually dedicated an entire show to conjugate the conjugate method, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's it's almost controversial at a point now because we have the new age lifters kind of pushing it aside, saying mm-hmm. it's archaic and old, and kind of getting away from that geared lifting sort of thing. But then we look at the conjugate method for what it is, and it's a foundation to all the strength programs that people are running. Correct. I find it fascinating that you run it because you just told me that you competed twice <laughs> and everyone's told me like it's for advanced, advanced lifters who hit walls in their training. So take me through it. What's your opinion on it? So traditional conjugate, right? Like West Side conjugate is, it's hard to like pinpoint exactly what it is. It's like, it's different every single week, every single month. Like you, you can't follow it. So what Lonus does or what we do at Cow's Hands is kind of a modification of conjugate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made for raw lifters. It's not made for someone who's equipped lifting. Like we don't do, we don't do circumaxes. We don't box squat. We don't do all those things that are like kind of what you view as traditional conjugate. Um, mm-hmm. We still apply a lot of the same principles. Like we have speed weeks. Um, we waive our speed um, three weeks at a time, and then we take like a deload. So the principles are still the same, but the difference is is that raw lifters need a lot more volume than, mm-hmm. like, equipped lifters do. Um, so, I mean, like, there are days where I will do, like, eight sets of five, and then I have to do, like, a couple triples. And then I also have a secondary movement, and then all my accessories. So it's not that we're just doing these, like, max effort lifts and then just kind of doing a couple back down sets mm-hmm. and then, like, maybe hitting some accessories. It's, like... Raw lifters don't have what equipped lifters have in order to, like, kind of help them with mm-hmm. the lift a little bit more. We have to build, like, the raw muscle with it. So ours is different. It's not going to be, you know, I had the West Side Book of Methods, and I've read through that before and, like, have been interested to see what Louie put together for what West Side is. Mm-hmm. There are very few things that we actually apply just because it's it, – it's not made for lifters like us. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit more advanced. I would say I'm a little bit of an, like an anomaly when it comes to that. I'm very self-aware with my body. Um, it's a lot of auto-regulation. So it does include things like RPEs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times I'll have like an RPE 8 that I have to work up to. I have to be really honest with myself to know like what is a true RPE 8. What jumps can I make that will allow this to be an RP8 and not an RP11 or a 6. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to auto-regulate very well, and I don't think a lot of lifters do that very successfully, even if they are advanced. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't think we're honest enough with ourselves, or I tend to sandbag a little bit, but at least I don't overshoot. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's usually the best thing, is always be a little bit more conservative and leave a little bit more in the tank. Yes. But, yeah, I'm glad one of you explained that to me, because we had, the whole show was pretty much dedicated to people educating me on the conjugate system, because mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea, like, what was going on with it. And someone did bring that up, that it's going to be different for raw lifters. Very different. Uh-huh. Um, and even if you, if you take a look at, like, how Westside is running conjugate, like, a lot of the times they have been doing it for, um, like, football players, like, like recently I see a lot of, like, uh, strength athletes, like, or football players doing, like, strength workouts through them. And they, they'll do basic stuff like box squats and they'll mm-hmm. do, like, the reverse hypers and things, but it's just, like, a different setup. So what Lonus has done and, like, what I do with lifters now is just apply a lot of those principles with, like, the speed waves or, like, the hypertrophy waves and then deloads fitting towards their weaknesses rather than just kind of being, like, this is the... This is the outline. This is what we do. Pick an exercise. Pick an exercise. It's more. It's way more catered to the individual weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, like I coach lifters right now that don't use any bands or chains or like any accommodating resistance because they don't need speed. They need strength. So they go through instead of uh, speed bench, they'll go through like a hypertrophy wave to where they have sets of ten to twelve mm-hmm. or. Um, you know, same thing with squats. But if they don't need speed and they just need strength, why am I going to throw a band at them? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's very catered to the individual lifter now. But mostly, I think the big thing that the difference between our conjugate system and traditional is just the amount of volume that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, piggybacking off that, you do coach people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you obviously have a very firm grasp of the conjugate method. Mm-hmm. So would you program your clients with the conjugate method or you do do something different so it's technically the conjugate because of like the principles applied like i was talking about the waves of hypertrophy like deloads um the type of exercises are still a variation i they don't do necessarily like straight bar work every week if i have a lifter that has like a pretty weak back i'll program like ssb squats that way they can work on their back as well as their squats it's very individual based off of them Okay. Um, so it is still technically conjugate, but a lot of the lifters that I have are pretty beginner, um, so they get a little bit more specificity. They get a little bit more volume. Lonus has a lot more advanced lifters, so okay. they'll be the ones that will get a lot more of, like, the accommodating resistance of bands or chains or, like, the more variation lifts. It just kind of depends on, like, the skill level. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to call, like, everything that I program the conjugate method, okay. but a lot of principles are applied. Yeah, and even, I mean, even with three years of competing for me, just through that, I know for right now, I am not at a point where I could do my own program for conjugate. So, yeah, respect for being able to understand <laughs> the principles of it and then kind of translate it to um, having your clients do it as well and have success with it. And and it seems like you're very tight-knit with your team. Mm-hmm. Now, would you recommend a powerlifter getting involved with the team, say that they're a beginner, or even a person just trying to learn new things? Would you either tell them to be a part of a team or kind of let them be a lone wolf for a while? Um, so team, I use that word, like, loosely. I mm-hmm. think that even if it's not, like, a team, like, you know, I'm, like, calloused hands, that's, that's technically a team, I guess, but it's okay. just... Um, it's just kind of the name that he wants to operate his business under. Okay. Um, so I do think that environment and who you surround yourself with is pretty important, especially as a beginner. Okay. Um, 
I don't think I could have done nearly half the things that I've been able to do without a little bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they're the ones that made me strong. Like, obviously, everyone can make themselves strong. You know, you lift, you pay attention to yourself, you see what's working, whatever, whatever. Sometimes it is, like, the mental support that you need or even just someone to, that's stronger than you to push you a little bit further in your training. Okay. Um, so I think that's important. Um I know that not everyone has that luxury and they have to train alone by themselves, but that's where something like social media kind of comes in and then you can listen to podcasts. You can mm-hmm. watch things on um, Instagram of like how people are doing things and try to apply that to yourself. But I do think not being alone when you start is helpful, at oh, least for me. Okay. Yeah. And I was curious what you would say about it because there's, we had a, we had a topic of this with the team aspect of powerlifting. If, powerlifting, whether or not it's a team sport or not. And would you consider... Yeah, it's a big... It's it's weird that it is, but I will say, just based on, like, an outsider's perspective, just me looking in, because there's stuff that pisses you off on social media. Yes. But then there's stuff that pisses you off in person, and usually stuff that makes you mad on social media, you really... It only makes you mad on social media. Correct. But I think with the team aspect, I've seen kind of both. Like, there's a few things on social media that people get irritated by, but also in person, too. So what's your opinion on teams based off of that? Would you, one, consider powerlifting a team sport, and then, two, is there sort of this stigma with toxic teams? Um, so I think it's a team sport. Like I said, I couldn't have done a lot of things mm-hmm. without the people around me. Um, team sport, individual performance, yeah. I guess is how we should put it. Okay. Um, so the people, you know, the people behind the scenes, like Lonis writes my programming. I have a training partner. Um, they keep me accountable. They're the ones that help me choose my attempts and, you know, like tell me when I'm do like tell me when I'm holding myself back or tell me when I'm sandbagging or tell me when I'm being ridiculous. You know, like th- okay. they're helping me through those things. Yes. I step on that platform by myself. But take away all of those things I just mentioned, Uh my performance probably lacks a little bit. You know, like, I either wouldn't be honest with myself in training, I wouldn't have that outside eye of, like, what I'm doing wrong. You know, like, when when you mess up in a lift, you can get frustrated and, like, overlook what you did wrong because you're just so frustrated with, like, why am I doing this wrong? Yeah. So it's helpful to have, like, a third eye be like, fix this. Mm -hmm. And then you're good. It's fine. Yeah. Agree with you on a lot of that, and I think it's just who you surround yourself with. Because you could have even, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eyes on you, and then they're all telling you the wrong thing. Like, oh, you're burying (laughs) your squats, man. And it's like, well, then you get a competition and you bomb out. It's like just surrounding yourself with the good people. And I think with the conjugate system, you would have to, or like the method or the principles of the conjugate, you would have to have people really watching you Mm -hmm. and good people watching you, too. Being honest. Yeah, yeah, honesty is key. Yeah. Like, with, um, you know, everyone has, like, their kitschy sayings. Like, Lonis came up with that um, more vinegar, less honey thing. And that Mm -hmm. just basically goes back to, like, stop. Like, don't coddle your training partner. Like, don't tell them, oh, everything looks great. Everything looks great. And like you said, if they're not burying their – if you tell them that they're burying their squats and they're three inches high, Mm -hmm. who is that – who is that doing any good for? You know, like, that's – you have to be honest with your training partner. Yeah. It's They're going to be mad at you, and they're going to think you're an asshole for a little bit, but they'll get over it when they do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and it's very similar to other team sports as well. Mm-hmm. So because in other team sports, you kind of – their performance re- relies on you, where in this case, their advice gives you the platform to succeed. Correct. So, yeah, because team sports, if you guys haven't played it before, it's that's where, like, 
that's where I would get anxious is kind of not laying down my team yeah. as opposed to uh, powerlifting is almost the opposite. It's like your team has to help you perform. So um, how has powerlifting impacted other aspects of your life? Uh, I've wrote about this a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think you may have seen something that I posted today, actually. I haven't seen what you posted today, but I feel, and I have seen your post before, I've seen powerlifters be more open about this, and I've also seen society be a little bit more open about this. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's kind of a hot topic these days with mental illness, with just other different types of societal pressures, mm-hmm. that people are more open to talk about it. And I was having this conversation the other day. We actually have an outlet now, mm-hmm. and we actually have therapy that isn't a lobotomy. Right. <laughs> it isn't, uh, ex- I mean, to some people, an extreme amount of drugs. Right. But it's like we're seeing this evolution in kind of a good way. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the 50s, if you were depressed, had anxiety, it's like they might take, they might cut a portion of your fucking brain out. Yeah, put a... Ice picked through your eyeball. Like, yeah. You know, it's weird. And then, like, slowly, and then it was, like, you're supposed to not really air out your dirty laundry to people. You're not supposed yeah. to speak about how depressed you are or what or like, some of the battles you're going through in general. You're not really talk about it. Now people are being a little bit more open about it, and we're finding more filters, such as sports, hobbies, and for a lot of people now, powerlifting. Yes. Yeah. I made, I made a, I wrote an article uh, for Ritual that was just posted today just about, like, kind of um, my past and how it, it kind of sucked and mm-hmm. then like you know what I went through to try and like be be different than what I was supposed to be or be different than like what my family like what the outlines of my family are supposed to be mm-hmm. and how I that transitioned to powerlifting so for me powerlifting has really only brought positive things okay um, I know some people take it to the extreme and they you know will cut off all communication with their family they just they make it crazy and it's if that's the, if that's their life then like that's their choice for me it's only brought positive things like I don't have those things outside of powerlifting like I don't have a really like tight-knit family I don't have a lot of these things that people are kind of neglecting to be where they are mm-hmm. um so it's only brought positive things for me more confidence in general um more knowing like my capabilities as a person um you know being coaching now has been like the biggest struggle I constantly think I'm not good enough for it um that my lifting is way more confident but it's the coaching aspect right now that I'm having to kind of battle with myself of like am I good enough at this and it's like I'm never going to think that I'm great at it okay I always want to be better at it every day and of course there's going to be you know there's going to be a lifter that doesn't do well and blames you for it um there's those things are going to happen I'm just going to have to deal with it when it comes but I'm constantly learning new things every single day, and I'm not afraid to ask questions either. Um, I have a lot of mentors that I look up to that give me information that I'm not afraid to ask about because I want to learn. How do you learn things if you don't ask questions? Yeah. So powerlifting has really only brought me positive things. Um, impacting my life, I, I think about it all the time. So, I mean, you know, if I'm supposed to be doing things that aren't powerlifting related, I'm probably thinking about what I'm supposed to pull tonight or what I'm supposed to bench tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, some of those things that you obsess with are actual good things because people who do kind of struggle with uh, mental illness, they obsess over things, but it could be negative. Right. Using that obsession, because some people have obsessive personalities, using it to a good, such as powerlifting, such as a hobby, such as a sport, will bring you to, like, just different levels yeah. of success. So piggybacking off that, 
would you believe that social media is overall a good for powerlifting or a bad for powerlifting? Uh, I think it's a pretty good mix of both, honestly. It, mm-hmm. just, it depends on who you follow. It yeah. depends on like what you're looking at. Um, I know some very influential female and male powerlifters that are like really, really popular, and they're just putting out shit content. Mm-hmm. And it's like they, I don't know if they just think that this is helping people or what, but it's just like, it's just filler, and it's just people being idiots and like dr- just trying to like get attention on the internet. Okay. Um, not putting out like any helpful content. Get um, a little clout going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cloud chasing thing bothers me so much. I, I hate it. Um, if you have a platform that like people are looking at you for and like you're someone's inspiration, like, I don't know, are you going to post some stupid video of you? I don't, I don't even, I don't even have an example. I a like belt it. flip, for example? <laughs> no, see, not bad entertainment. <laughs> I know, I'm just throwing it out there. And, uh, it's like, oh wait, a chalk clap? Okay. <laughs> me, uh, uh, some, uh, not me, uh, drag, uh, dragon flipping off of a bench? That could be one of them. That are, uh, deadlifting and squat shoes, maybe? Yeah. I was just with Charlie yesterday. And oh, that's a stupidity. <laughs> that has nothing to do with clout. That's just me being an idiot. I was with Charlie yesterday, and he just just finished squatting and he still had on his squat shoes and I was pulling and he walked up to my bar and he's like, I'm going to be like Angelo. <laughs> I'm going to pull. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, but, so with, with social media though, all right, so let me give you this scenario. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, if you ha- if you get to make the grand decision in all this, would you eliminate social media from powerlifting? Like, all right, you're powerlifting, you can't have an Instagram. Would you do that or have, or it's like, okay, Instagram is doing more good than harm at this point. I think I'd keep it. Um, okay. I don't, at least personally, the people that I choose to follow or, like, what I choose to look at on Instagram, yeah, it pisses you off sometimes. But, like, generally, more times than not, I'm, like, happy to see some things that I post. And, like, it's cool to watch other people, like, go through their journey and, like, what they've done and what they're succeeding with and what they're posting. You know, like, whatever inspires you. It's just people need to stop being such a hater on someone, like, wanting to be inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like everyone hates on... Uh, I will agree with your post the other day. You posted something about uh, those weird motivational quotes with like the guy oh, yeah, in the suits and stuff. Yeah, those are those are really cringy. Like I hate that kind of stuff. And it's not even from powerlifters I'm referring to. I'm referring to entrepreneurs, <laughs> and I'm going to put entrepreneurs in very big air quotes because uh, my girlfriend is an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and guess who doesn't have time to post motivational quotes all day and tell does. society how much he's winning. Right. Her, because she's outrageously busy. Right. So, um, yeah, that was me just, I mean, taking a shot to a few people who I follow, obviously. Because <laughs> if I don't follow them, I won't see it. So right. I'm, I'm taking a shot at them and or people who follow me as well. Yeah, it's just, like, that stuff is cheesy. I mm-hmm. hate that stuff. I, that, I would, if I could eliminate just that kind of thing, I would. But, like, you know, if someone read something in, like, uh, in an article or mm-hmm. read something online and they really liked it and they posted it, it's like... Some people will get mad and they're like, oh, they're just trying to be inspirational and it's cheesy and I hate it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just let people live. Yeah. You know, like, let people need what they, let people get what they need. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Does part of you want to go back to the time in powerlifting where we didn't have all of it? Just, I mean. I don't know that. Though. Yeah, we don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I believe we're the same age. <laughs> uh, 25. Yeah, okay, I'm 26. So, yeah, I don't know it either, but part of me wants to just see what it was like. I, I think it would be of what the sport really is. 
just I think the competitive aspect of it will be greater. I think the community would actually be stronger, which is weird to say because we know a lot of each other through the internet. Right. And that's how I've met a lot of people. It's just through the internet. Some some I like, some I don't. But a lot of us have trained together because we see each other on Instagram. We interact with each other on Instagram. It's like work out with each other would be awesome. And for the most part, it has been. But I think if you just go to a meet and then meet some people there, then train with them, just actually calling them, not texting yeah. <laughs> them, I think it would just be a lot cooler. I don't know. I and think people would probably, like, the the internet drama would probably, I mean, mm-hmm. like, there would still be drama, but those people would probably handle it, like, in person, I guess, rather than, like, making passive-aggressive posts back and forth yeah. with each other and, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. I cannot answer that question because I was not around for those days. So, this is all I know. Yeah, this is, yeah, I mean, it's all I know, too, but I just, just kind of wanted to go into time machine just for a second and just see <laughs> how it was, just see how the sport was and if it, even if it was that big of a deal in yeah. a lot of people's lives. Because currently... Some powerlifters, it's not that big of a deal. It's a hobby that they have. They have their families. They have their jobs that they dedicate their entire time to, and they dedicate two hours out of the day to this or maybe even one hour to this. So. Well, that kind of goes back to what you said about, like, people being less open about, um, like, their mental health mm-hmm. back in that age. So they weren't open about it, so there was less, um, there was less impact that mm-hmm. powerlifting had on them, whereas now most people do have a lot more mental health issues based off of environment, whatever. Um, so we need more of an outlet. So I think that social media is a good outlet as well as powerlifting because we can kind of say what we want online. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have any problems with social media. I know so many people that just, they just hate it. Yeah. They just think it's awful, but I have no problems. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's ironic that I said that because I will be promoting the show on social media. So <laughs> I guess i got to watch what I say exactly. But, yeah, we had an entire topic, a, a show topic on is social media good or bad for powerlifting as I post on Instagram asking people on Instagram if it's good or bad. So Well, most of us, all of our business is social media related. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they say adapt or die. It's like you have to promote now through social media. Yeah. It's like you have to. You have to get on Twitter. You have to get on. Well, Instagram's a big one. Still a thing? Well, I, I think it's just for most people voicing their opinion on things. But um, <laughs> certain people do have advantages of Twitter. Uh, but Instagram's kind of the big one. Mm-hmm. YouTube's probably second. I will put Twitter number three. But social media is a way to market people and reach people, especially if you do online clothing. Um, I mean, on, online coaching, clothing brands, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I also. I always want to ask female lifters this. Have you, were you welcomed into the sport or did you feel welcomed into the sport when you came in? And, and on top of that, what do you think has led to the growth of females becoming involved in powerlifting? Um, when I came to the sport, I was around, the people that I started training with were mostly male. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't care. They thought it was cool yeah. as fuck that I was, you know, a girl like lifting heavy weights. They didn't care. Um, but, so I, I guess I was welcomed. If I wasn't welcomed, I didn't care. You know, like, this is what I wanted to do, so I'm just going to do okay. it anyways. Um, I think that females have grown more in powerlifting because there is more awareness to it, and we are more confident in sharing that. And there are more people that are, like, letting you know, like, hey, it's okay. It's like, you like lifting heavy weights, that's cool, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be stronger than the boys. Look at the top five, like, females all time, you know, it's or top five all time. It's all women. Yeah, I was about to, and I was also going to ask, because I was going to bring that up, and you kind of, you know, and you were uh, one step ahead of me on that one. Do you think that the future is going to 
there's a big opportunity for the future of powerlifting to be female. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, you know, the whole Wilkes thing is kind of a questionable, like if it's going to change and like now there's IPF points. So I don't really, I don't, I don't know how they're going to rank people in the future, I guess, against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it is like really cool to see that top five, it's all women, yeah. you know, like all time, um, regardless of whatever, like regardless of weight class, regardless of federation, like it's all women. So I think like for me seeing that, I'm just like, cool as fuck I'm part of that you yeah. know like I'm part of that movement and I think that more people more women specifically seeing that will be less scared to like put themselves out there for that so yeah I do think it's going to grow yeah I think this sport mixed martial arts had its time where females remain eventing pay-per-views yeah. I think this sport the potential of it being like a the main attraction being female mm-hmm. is probably higher than most sports so yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and if you go, again, go to a powerlifting meet and watch the females compete. They get more support, generally. They get more support, and it's just, it's a better atmosphere, yeah. in my opinion. But it's more positive, um, everyone just kind of, like, wants you to win. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, what's next for Riley? <laughs> Have, uh, any meets coming up, or, um, and, or just, kind of just expanding into online coaching? Um, I do plan on competing. I was thinking November or December. Okay. Um, gives me like a nice long off season. I, uh, was kind of disappointed with my Arnold performance. Which um, was crazy because you uh, totaled your <laughs> old performance, correct? Alright, alright, listen. <laughs> yes. And uh, that was your second meet. <laughs> you know what? You did yourself a disservice by going nine for nine at your first meet. I know. I know. I was just talking about this. Like, I could have not possibly asked for a better meet on my first meet. Yeah. You know, nine for nine, I finished 11.02, uh, the one best lifter that day. Uh-huh. And then I go to my second meet, and I went five for nine. Okay. But I totaled 11.05 because I somehow magically pulled a 480-pound deadlift just... <laughs> out of my body. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> you willed the weight up. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> when you go when you go one for three on squats, you only get your opener. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went two for three on bench. Well, well, going one for three on squats that day was good. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, that meet was, uh, was bomb out city. 15 so. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was rough. One so, for three on squat is nothing to be ashamed of. I wanted I wanted four forty and I walked away yeah. at four hundred, you know. Yeah. So it's just Oh no, I I know exactly <laughs> what you mean and I mean I I and I did the same thing. My first meet nine for nine. Actually my second meet was one of the best of my life. Mm-hmm. And then the first time I went, you know, like seven for nine I felt that even though I totaled my previous two meets. I'm like So I was at the I was at the same I was at the same place you were after a certain meet, like, oh I gotta avenge that last meet even though I did <laughs> better. <laughs> well, that's what, like, my whole, my third deadlift was pulled entirely so that way I could have walk away with a better total. Like, that okay. was, that was yeah. all I wanted. I just wanted to and walk away. And do it on the deadlift, better. too. Yeah. That's all I wanted to walk away with a better total. Um, so I, I did, but it's, it's time to take, like, I did those meets back to back also. So I did a... December, yeah, you're right. So I took a week off after December, and then I went right back into a nine-week meet prep, I think is what it was, nine or ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not smart. Or, or good for my body, but I'm also, like, new enough that I can kind of do that. It happens occasionally. Um, it, it's hard to find exactly what the sweet spot is, but most of the time, like, with nationals to world meets, mm-hmm. you're going to get 12 weeks tops. Yeah. And my my programming is 
12 weeks typically, mm-hmm. 12 to 13 weeks typically, so, like, and if your program is, like, 10 weeks and you get the 8 or 9, it just happens. Yeah. Like, like, did I need to do that? Yeah. No, I probably didn't need to well, go to the Arnold on my second meet. Ooh, I think you, I mean, when you have the opportunity to do it, I, I say do it because you qualified, you did great at your first meet, you went 9 for 9, you know, and you, and that day, 5 for 9 was great. People yeah. would have killed for 5 for 9. I'm just looking to build right now, and I'll figure it out as I go. Mm-hmm. But December, maybe. Okay. I'll just keep coaching until then and keep doing lots of volume and lots of stuff in my own programming. So you're telling me you're not going to be doing the rock roll meet that everyone's doing? <laughs> the Midwest Open is what they're calling it. Jesus. <laughs> Everyone and their mother is doing that meet. I'll be there. Okay, I'll be there too because I got a lot of friends competing in it, and there's going to be some great lifts going on. Yes. Um, and I, I told people, yeah, USPA uh, Rockwell meet in July. For everyone who doesn't know, that's a local meet, and it might be like some of the better competition I've ever really seen. Yeah, I mean it's um it's at the old Rockwell location in the basement. Um, it is two platforms. I I think 100 lifters, but I'm not. Uh, I don't, don't quote me on that one. Um, but there are going to be a lot of like really pretty strong people competing, um, and even like pretty strong people spectating. Like, yeah. It'll be just a cool day to mm-hmm. be around. So. Yeah, and two white lights will be there covering it, and that'll probably be a show topic for the future, because we like to center shows around meets, and that one is looking to be a great one. Yep. But I'm glad I actually found someone who's not competing <laughs> in that meet, though, so now I don't feel too left out. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, we're at Brickhouse right now, and I think two or three people outside currently slamming weights on deadlift are going to be, uh, are going to be competing in that one. Alright, so where can the two white lights listeners find you? Um, my Instagram is at Riley Presnell. Um, you can find me there. I'm on the Callous Hands page a lot as well, which is at Callous Hands Power. Um, also on the Ritual Apparel page a lot, too, which is at ritual underscore underscore apparel. Um, but easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Like, you can find my email through there. You can direct message me. Whatever. That's where I hang out a lot, on Instagram. All right, great. And I love how your handle is super easy. My name. <laughs> yeah, it's your name. It's awesome. I love it. All right. Thank you again for coming out Breakhouse Fitness. Thank you for being on Two White Lights. And hopefully, we could have you on again sometimes. And, and looking forward to seeing you possibly at the Rockwell Meet. Yes. Sounds good. All right. And we are back again. Thank you, Riley, for coming out to Brickhouse Fitness. Uh, we did it in, again, in a crowded gym. Brickhouse yep. Fitness is 24-7. Yep. So you hear some Led Zeppelin playing in the background. But And I, and thank you also to Brickhouse Fitness for letting us yeah. uh, record there. So, again, thank you for coming out. Thank you for being on Two White Lights. Thank you for educating me on conjugate training. Hopefully we'll have her on the show in studio in the Evil Lair one day. Yes, that would be wonderful. To I, I don't think we can ever tell a woman we're taking her to the Evil Lair. Let's never ever say that to her. Mm, I, I won't. Yeah, this, that's, I, I don't won't. think it's a good sell. <laughs> I, I, I won't do that. Didn't think about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we got to label misogynist, bigoted guys anyway. So that's true. We gotta we gotta we gotta reel it back a little bit. Yeah, we're get, we're getting some good reviews though. I, I we are. Yeah, thank saw, you to those that are, are putting them on. I saw um, one of them. I actually we should read good reviews because they're getting a little bit more ridiculous than the negative reviews. Yes, yes. All right, so on to segments. I. I have a technique tip of the week for you guys. I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to be Bane. Cause like Bane that. wasn't with me, I was trying to be Bane for a little bit. But. Did you, I hope you ate. I mean, that's the, I like definitely the ate. Easiest way to do it. Definitely ate. 
I'm not a big sweets guy. I had sweets. Mm. Yeah, I had a pie yesterday, and I know you really a, like sweets. A piece of pie or a whole pie? It was a piece. It looked like a whole one. I was at Cooper's Hawk, and they okay. gave me a key lime yeah, yeah. pie, but it was, like, circular. Gotcha. It was small. Okay. So I would say it was two slices. Okay. There's not in the sweets, man. I think that's why I say slim. Could be. I just, like, for dessert, give me a, give me chicken wings. But I just I just love food in general. Yeah. Is part of it. And, I mean, you seem, like, I just eat copious amounts regardless if it's sweet, savory, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You do, but I was like... Man, for maybe that's why. Because if you give me a piece of cake, I'm having half of it. Oh, not because I'm, I have self control. Because I'm just not a big fan of cake. Not mm. a big fan of cupcakes. Not a big fan of all sweets. Not, Fair. Yeah. So yeah, that's a weird side tangent. But yeah. All right. Technique tip: We are going to stick with the deadlift. Late on us, man. And I've been giving this tip a lot recently through people Brickhouse and also people on uh, like Instagram Live and just through my DMs. Yep. There's a lot of cues that I have mm-hmm. and. A tutorial video might be coming, so be on the lookout for that. It's just, again, I don't know if you guys should mimic my deadlift or people should mimic my deadlift. I don't know if that's the greatest thing in the world. But thrown out there, you could always narrate it and you could have me do it. Um, but they're but they're specifically asking like my deadlift. That's true. That's a, that's the thing. It's like we got because they're not asking because it's like a deadlift. Because there's like, I mean, if you want to follow a good deadlift, Bilbo Swaggins. Yeah, there you go. But um, it. They're asking for, like, mine with the squat trees and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I might give it, but at the same time, if people fuck up their deadlift form, uh, you have yourself to blame. Because yep. I'm throwing a disclaimer that I don't think you should copy it. But one thing that's helped me, and I've heard this from powerlifters I trained with before, and I believe they got that from Eddie Cohen. I saw one of his great videos with uh, Slingshot, Mark Bell, and yep. Silent Mike yep. on YouTube, is push away from the floor. Do not pull. Now, it's going to sound weird saying that because it is a pulling motion. Mm-hmm. You're pulling while you do it, but the tendency when you pull is your ass comes up super high and you end up using your back to lift the weight. front load of good morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's – it's and especially with sumo, people do that, and it's like you might as well just do conventional if you're going to do that. Yeah. Because the whole point of sumo is to kind of get rid of that motion, not yep. use too much of your back. So only your back, but not too much of it. So focus on the push off the ground and not the pull. When you push off the ground and think about that and think about that cue, you everything stays in its right place. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what it feels like. It feels like your chest will be forward a little bit, be that, um, was it, the confident girl? Oh, or the insecure the girl. Insecure girl yeah. Okay, yeah, the insecure girl pushes out the chest more. Yeah, so the insecure sixth grade or something, yep. uh, pushing out their chest more and staying more upright, keeping your delts back. If you push off that floor, it'll allow you to do that more. When you pull, people just start yanking the weight off the floor, yep. and that's it's going to cause them to use more to lower back. Which again, people are think it's called a pull. Yep. Push pull legs. Yep. We're calling it pull for a reason. You're at the pulling motion, so people are trying to mimic that, but you can still pull while maintaining proper form and understanding that push motion helped me a lot. Sure. So I used to do the same thing. I used to pull off the floor, and then once I heard that cue, I'm like, oh, that's right, pushing. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid that it's just me thinking about pushing helps me maintain the, uh, deadlift technique. Oh, I thought it was the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. I'm getting new ones. I'm a very excited. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tax return. Stop. Stop the presses. Tax return, bitch. Got my tax return. IRS ballers. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to get some new shoes and an insert belt with it. 
I like I like the Inzer build. I'm I'm feeling that. I appreciate that. So red, white, and blue, sticking with the color scheme. No, and uh, no lever though, right? No lever. Yeah, no, no prong, no double guy. prong. There you go. Uh, I just maybe one day I'll get the lever. I actually tried on a uh, prong belt today. Nah, not you. Nah, hmm. nah. I like my lever. Yeah, it's I can't adjust the lever though. That's a problem. Not adjust it as in the length, as in like once it's on. Yeah, I can't adjust it after that. I would have to take it off and then readjust myself. Because with the prong, I occasionally get it wrong. Okay. Unintentional, right? Hey. And um, bars. dropping bars here. And uh, I could kind of twist it like back in place with the prong. Okay. With like the lever one, like Ugh, I don't want to take it off again, and then readjust and put it back on. Save like I'm about to go on a platform. Gotcha. So gotcha. I don't know. I'm pretty. Well, if, you, if you ever watch me put my belt on, I actually open and close it like probably three, four times to okay. get that right. Okay. I mean, levers aren't bad though. I do. Yeah. I do like the feel of the lever. I just, yeah. you know what? I, and it also. I can't toss. I, I cannot toss them. No, you can't. I no, gotta you throw the, I have I tried can, it. I have tried it so many times. I cannot do it. Yeah, I gotta throw the prong belt. So that's yeah. why I'm doing it. And no, people already think that belt I have is Inzer, and it's totally not. Yeah, totally not an Inzer. Do you know what it is now? No, not an Inzer. That's for sure. If I got that belt for forty bucks, it is sure shit not an Inzer. Not an Inzer. No, because even if you're selling it forty dollars, there's something wrong with it. Yes, yes. You can get it for at least a hundred. Yep. Very least a hundred. So that's the technique tip of the week. Great tip. Yeah. Push the earth away. Yeah, push the earth away. Yeah. Um, I, for our next segment, I'm going to go on Instagram Live, and guess what? What's that? We're not going to have two phones going this time. Nope. So if we get an echo, and this could be edited out, who knows? Um, but Instagram Live, do a little Q&A. Yeah. Do the recording. We often get some good questions. We often get some bad questions. We do. And that's all entertaining. It is. I get to roast people. Yeah. And I, apparently I, people do know, enjoy that. You know what I do enjoy, too, is when people say, no, we don't want to hear Bane's take on this. We just want to hear <laughs> Enzo's. It was, was... It was diet-related. It was six-pack related. Yeah. What do you do for abs? Thinking yep. that I actually do abs. Yep. All right, what's up, Instagram Live? We're on Two White Lights recording, and this is our segment. Here in Two White Blair. Lights, go live. Dan, OB, super everybody, said, I'm ugly. Thank you, Dan. I am much better looking than you, so... All right. We got a problem. Rock on. We got a problem. And you're going to be, and you want to be on the podcast? You just got on the podcast. So you just ruin your whole interview on that comment. That's, you, you, you done, you done fucked up, Dan. We want to see Bane's face. No, you don't. All right. Sorry, man. (laughs) Who said that? Sorry, man. That's, that's, uh, Dan again. (laughs) All right. I want to see my ab. Uh, let's see. When are you shaving? Never. Summer? I might get the little mustache and goatee oh, there you, going. There you go. There little, you go. Uh, the Will I have a little, I have a little curl going. I am digging that. I, I need you to remember the Will Scarlet picture I sent you from Robin yeah. and Tights. I need you to do that side by side. I, I don't know anyone who's going to think that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anyone knows that reference. I, the fact that I know that reference. That's upsetting to me. That's a great flick. Robin Hood Ben and Tights. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Old school days. Mel Brooks. Well. Like, oh, it's wonderful. Mel Brooks is the best. Uh, how are you not talking already about John? We're ahead of, we're a step, way ahead of schedule. We're, yeah, we are a step, two steps ahead of you because that was our segment pretty much opening the show. We talked about him like 10 minutes ago. We've already congratulated him twice. Yeah, he's amazing. We love him. Yep. He's incredible. He's the GOAT. Somebody the, tag him so he's watching us too. That'd be great. Yeah, I tagged him in the thing. Okay. All right, I got a bunch of injuries in a short amount of time with overtraining. What are some tips to get back in the gym as soon as possible? Ooh. Well, who's, that's coming. Who's, who's that? Um, it's a handle again. That oh boy. Savy dot Thiara. Okay. Hopefully okay. We got that right. Yeah. So overtraining, getting hurt. When is the best? Um, or some tips on getting in the gym as soon as possible. 
due to the fact that you're getting hurt over training, maybe the best thing to do is not be in the gym for a little bit. Take that time off. That's what helped me. Yep. Um, I, the first time through PH3, I hurt my back, and the only thing that would help was <laughs> the was um, just kind of taking a lot of time off the gym. A week or two. Take a well, week or two, tra- and then... For, that training for Worlds, where you couldn't even walk the next day. That wasn't overtraining, though. It wasn't? Yeah. Okay. I would just say it was proper, improper technique, but and then, but that was the same kind of uh, philosophy. Yeah. Take a week off or two weeks off, get everything back in, and then take it slowly. Take it slow. But I would also like to know, are the injuries concentrated in one area, or is it just kind of across the board? Just because, because again, if there's a situation where it's true injuries that are... Let's say you got a, you know, gimpy knee and ankles are jacked and wrong. Uh, all that's all messed up. You can still work up our body stuff. Mm-hmm. But my, my suggestion too is if you are going to continue to train through that is you do need to drop the intensity of the workouts. So volume can be fine, but I would just drop that intensity because, you know, your body is already telling you, Hey, um, this is heavy and we need time to recover. Yeah. Or take more steroids. Yeah. I love it. Great. So. Yeah, that should answer your question right there. Uh, should you go to the gym when you're sick but not infectious? Hmm. Depends. If it hurts your performance, don't go in the gym. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and if you're not performing well and you're getting worse, don't go in the gym. But if you're hitting the same numbers, if you're getting through the workout properly, then fine. You're good. I've done it before. I've done a train on the flu. It worked. I had a good workout day. The, the flu train? Some other people got sick. I apologize. It was during Thanksgiving, because I remember I saw this female's Instagram post. Yeah. Um, and she was in the gym the same day as me. Mm-hmm. And she had the stomach flu, like, the day after. I was like, that was my doing. I had definitely had the stomach flu while I was training. But uh, it didn't hurt my performance. But if it's hurting your performance, take a day off. I, I tend to stay away from my main gym, but I've got also two side gyms that I go to. So I will get people sick there, because I don't care. All right. This person, if I get enough donations, will you shave for ALS? Like my head or face? I, How about I would, you, Ben? <laughs> would you ALS? No. No? No. What's ALS? Uh, it's Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig's disease? Okay. Yeah. No, nothing against that, but if I'm going to shave any part of me, I'm, I, I would I would do this. If people raise enough money for the pressing the pieces together, even mm-hmm. though I'm not competing, I will wax my body on Instagram Live. Okay. Great. You heard $500. Your, $500. Heard of your first, first people. All right, sorry, man, for your team being kicked out of the Champions Ooh, League. Uh, they didn't get kicked out. They just yeah, lost. we 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 didn't get kicked out because Juventus has been kicked out before of leagues for doing something they weren't have. supposed to. So be very specific on that. Um, but they lost. They, I think Ajax was the better team. Light at the uh, end of the tunnel. Our consolation prize. They just won their eighth straight Scudetto. They did. Doesn't mean shit because we won eight straight straight with them. We want to win the Champions League this year, but they didn't. It sucked. It, it was it was a shitty day. I, I, I lost my I lost my shit in the car. Yeah. And sorry to the viewers listening right now who aren't soccer fans, but I am a soccer fan. I was in the car because soccer is in Europe, and I can't watch any fucking games. Right. Except for the weekend that the Champions League uh, which, finale which, is on. Which you know what? I think we need to do a Champions League finale show. Ooh, alright. Just, yeah. just go way off, just, just go way off. No, just, just go live. Just go, oh, just live, go live for it and just our reaction well, to the I, fucking I was, game. Well, I don't give a shit if the event is that. And it'll be like, okay. Yeah, but it's still a fucking game. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun to do. But. I, I would, and I'm not gonna lie, if IX makes the final, I'm gonna be cheering for them. Oh, I will that be. That is too. so throwback. No, right now, the, the teams that are in, I don't mind any of them. Luis Suarez could suck my dick, but everyone else Fuck could. Barcelona. Fuck yeah. Them. I, I have no problems with Barca. I just dislike Suarez 
I passionate guess, with the passion. Like would probably the same passion. Really? Yeah. I don't know. He's one of those guys that Res- I just can't respect, hate. Respect his game, but fuck him. Okay. All right. You're gonna have to tell me why you don't like Messi. All right. That, that's that's probably enough on soccer talk. Yeah, but fact. the four teams who are in, I don't mind if any of them win. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, like likable team. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp is. Yeah. I know you don't like Liverpool. Yeah, I don't. All right. Iman lives. Just finished PhD, and all my lists went up. Thanks for the recommendation. Good call. Awesome. I love hearing that. Um, I'm glad to know. It's good to know that someone else is doing the PhD. Yeah. Um. DM Lane Norton, man. Yeah. Because it's not my, it's not my dress to him. Oh, yeah. He just got engaged. He just got engaged. Congratulations. You know. Hopefully I'm invited to the wedding. Um, <laughs> I think I will be. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> invited to the wedding. Hey, no, just DM him that you did great off the PH trainer and I told you to do it. Cause hopefully you didn't kick back. Yeah. That's yeah. the money that wasn't earned. Yes. Yeah. So the, alright. So the you, injuries. Angelo 15. Angelo 15. I'm, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, the injuries first started with my rear delt, and I kept going, and then I trained legs a lot to make up time and erect my band and hip flexor. Exactly what happened to me. Yep. You think that certain things won't hurt you, but they will. Yep. So take time off the gym. It's okay to take a week. Okay to take a week. How many days do you work out per week? Also, do you split out or full body? Um, I do five days a week. And I run the PH3 trainer, so it's a little bit different. Not exactly a full body, but to an extent it will be. Like on the SBD day, I would yeah. count that as a full body routine. Um, how about you? Uh, I actually just adjusted my training. I will be at five days a week as well. and But it is, it is split out. Uh, one day is mostly focused on, uh, I hate saying this, but cardio. Because uh, I'm a fat ass and I need to, do, to work on that a little bit. Uh, as well as stretching. And but then I've got two days dedicated to uh, lower body, two days dedicated to upper. All right, sweet. All right, so again, we get this question a lot, and I'm not trying to be rude here. If you're going to ask me if a 315 deadlift at 65 kg good, I don't know. It depends on what your definition of good is. In a powerlifting competition, depends on who's competing that day. You get blown out by someone, but. If it's really, really small local meat, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it can maybe get you first. It can maybe get you 29th. Here's the thing. I'll, I will tell you. It is better than a 295. Yeah. Continue, continue to get better. Yep. Keep getting stronger. Keep getting bigger. All right. Do you ever have hip pain after your deadlifts? Your feet are closer and your knees appear to track out more than most. Yeah, they do. They hurt a little bit. Uh, so do my quads. My quads actually hurt more like I just did a front squat mm. as opposed to a deadlift, which is a bit strange. But, yeah, they hurt, but it's a good kind of hurt. Obviously, not now, but when you first started that setup, I don't know what that means. I forgot already what By the way, I was doing the uh, random question the 14-0 setup in, during warm-ups. Did that everyone want to kill you? No, a couple folks okay. like, is that? Yeah. Some, somebody specifically asked, was that 14 power? I'm like, yeah, it's my co-host. Yeah. And I suddenly got the, holy shit, you're the other white light. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> uh, do you do, do you mostly do deadlifts, squats, and bench? How come you don't post other workouts? Um, I do do other things. I actually yeah, bench. you do. <laughs> I do bench more than, uh, so I bench three times a week, squat three times a week, deadlift twice. People think it's, I deadlift all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't actually. That's the least amount of emphasis. But that's what everyone wants to see. Yeah, I only post shit that people want to see. Yep. No one gets. I don't post bench because I know no one really gives a shit. No one's gonna ask me questions on my bench. No one really ever asked me about my bench, and no one until recently. I worked on the cutoff once, <laughs> and now I am 
being asked to post my accessories. If mm-hmm. I wore a baggy shirt my entire workout videos, no one would ask me for my accessories. But maybe I'll start posting my accessory movements. I do do them. Do do again. I do do them. All right. But, yes, I, I do other workouts aside from SPD. Yep. You won't gain a whole, whole lot of strength. I think Riley talked about that as well. Um, do your accessories. Yep. Do your, you got to do them. Yep. Well, I, sh- I showed you my new program. There's a significant amount of accessories. Fuck, yeah, there is. There's a shit ton of volume, too. Insane. How much weight should I cut? I have two hours weighing in without hurting my performance. Um. So what are we cutting here? Where Where are you at currently is my first question. And what are you thinking you're going to get to? If you're sitting around 200, you're cutting to 181, you're going to suffer. Yeah, uh, two-hour weigh-ins. I mean, I just recently did them, but I'm probably a really bad per- person to ask because I don't cut weight at all. Same. Uh, and Bane doesn't either. But, like, I always say, like, one to five pounds. Five max. Absolute max. Yeah. I would say realistically one to three. Yeah, and if it seems like people who have it down to a science get it, but they're not walking around at, like, 200 constantly. It seems like they cut down to, like, 195, 190, and then they do that water cut to 183 or something. Um, don't – yeah, don't go overboard. No. And if you have to go overboard, fuck it. Who cares? It's a probably a local powerlifting meet. Um, just compete at the weight class you're comfortable with. So I do. Looking like I'm about to spit bars. Really? The nerdiest looking rapper. That's uh, Jonathan. Yeah. That's wow. uh, Jason. Hey. Love that setup. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sita210. I want to see your bench. Cool. Maybe. Duly noted. Any thoughts on lifting in USPA's tested division versus USAPL? Good question. It's a question I don't have an answer for. Leave it at that. It's a good question. Hey, any, any thoughts on lifting? I, I mean, if you're passionate about drug testing... USPA is, do, is taking a lot of steps in the right direction. Uh, USAPL, they, that's their thing though. They do it. They're they they're the top. They're the head honcho on drug tested lifting. Yep. They are the premier organization for drug tested lifting. USPA, I don't know if they're exactly getting there, but right now USAPL hasn't beat. It depends on your philosophy. If your philosophy is you want to be on an even playing field with everyone around you, USAPL is the way to go. If that's if that's what your main intentions are. Faith, underscore, dream, underscore, happiness. I have a 1,000-pound total with half my body, so when I get back to full health, this means I should expect to be uh, 2,000 total. Yeah, he needs an expert opinion. I appreciate your math, (laughs) but I'm going to politely disagree. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, That'll be hard. That'll be really difficult to do. Or you could have a 1,000-pound squat. Who knows? 1,000-pound bench. Never know. we got to like maybe a Barzine uh, protege. Yeah. Um. Cool stuff. Would let cool be. It would be cool to see your accessories. All right, maybe I'll do them one day. Twenty four hour for the win. That was Matt. I don't know what that means. Twenty four hour win. Oh, twenty four hour for the win. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, he just said that now. Yeah. Uh, Matt Wallace, one forty eight, twenty four hour weigh in. Oh my God, wraps, deadlift bar, more tested meets coming. That's USPA. He's an uh, advocate for the USPA. Yeah. Drug tested meets. So, yeah, and then with that also, again, if that's what your priorities are, if you do not want to have the same day weigh-in, if you don't like the stiff bar on all three lifts, if you don't like any of those things, USPA is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying if drug testing, if you're really passionate about it and want it to be on an even playing field, USAPL. Sure. And just once again, kids, got to reiterate, drug tested does not mean drug-free. No, it does not. Listen to the first part of the show. Yep. Together, send a rant about steroids. Uh, how old were you when you started lifting? 
I was 16. Yep. How about you? I was 18. Cool. How old were you when you started competing? 23. How about you? I was 31. Nice. Yep. All right. All right. Just messing with you. Good luck with the live stream. Yeah, we know you're messing with us. Thank you. Thank you for the humor. Who's that? That was uh, the same guy who asked if, asked if he uh, could put 1,000 pounds mm, onto gotcha. his total. Gotcha. All right. So it looks like it's getting a little slow with the questions. We're going to go off Instagram Live. That was pretty good. It was. I liked it. Thanks, good time. Everybody. Thank you for all the Two White Lights listeners, all the people who follow at Fortino Power for asking us some good questions. Yeah. I didn't have to throw any shade. No. Not terrible not. ones. Really Aside from not. constantly answering the question, if, if this – X amount of weight is good for this body weight. We, we, you know what? I and there's always a kid asking, so I can't be too, too mean. You can't be too mean. Because 315, if you're, yeah, sure, it's good. If and, you start with I, like a 200, it's amazing. Because what are they looking at? They're looking for validation, right? Yes. And so, so here's my thing is, if it's a clean lift, it's a good lift. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. Uh, if you're wondering if it's good or not, and you've never competed, go compete. Then you'll know if it's a good lift or not. Yes, I agree. And, cause, cause you will be, you will be judged and you will be dubbed, you know, worthy or not. Yes, and I'm going to get this question again. Yep. This is going to be my response. I might as well just tell them to tune into Two White Lights yep. on Instagram and Iron Authority. I mean, not Instagram. I'm a fucking idiot. On Instagram Live. Yeah, on Instagram Live. But also, if you want to get the archived episodes, iTunes. Yep. Leave a five-star review. You bet. Uh, and uh, Iron Authority as well. I think we do eventually need to do a Two White Lights Instagram account. I think so, too. We need to do that at some point. Um, for sure. But There's going to be a lot of Two White Lights stuff coming soon. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna see, uh, yeah, you're gonna see some stuff coming through. I think I mentioned on Instagram Live a few times, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Bane, yeah, what's going on this week? We got big things going on this week, man. We got uh, two two big meets and big and important for different reasons. Mm-hmm. We've got the U.S. Open. Yes, we do in uh, San Diego, I believe. San Diego, yes, which of course in German means Spanish. Yes. <laughs> In German, it means Spanish. <laughs> so we got the U.S. Open. Uh, excited to watch this one because this is this is the money meet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's big cash prize. You know, I think it's forty thousand dollars for the uh, best lifter. I believe it's still that. Yes, uh, we've got some tremendous lifters that are going to be there, both uh, domestic and from abroad. And so I'm really excited to watch this meet, and uh, I believe they're going to do the live stream again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the last year, so we will watch that. Uh, you know, while I'm working on Sunday. I believe Sunday's the pro day, so that's when we should see all the all the big folks. Okay. Um, and then, it, to me, the more important meet of the weekend is the fundraising meet, pressing the pieces together for autism. Uh, it's going to be here in Lombard, uh, Illinois, and uh, very excited that we have some featured lifters. Uh, the two biggest ones that I, uh, that I know personally, uh, Jennifer Gamel and Barzine Baziri, both going with some big numbers. Barzine is going for a thousand pound, call it what it is, an arm squat. Yep. And... I'm very, very excited. Uh, I will be one of these spotters and loaders for this meet and, you know, potentially going to be, uh, you know, on the platform and spotting for history. And so I'm very, very excited for this. And it raises money for a great cause. It's mm-hmm. for uh, Autism Speaks, uh, a, an association very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And so just excited to watch, you know, people compete, raise money for a great cause. You're going to see uh, Jacob Stone, um, Eric Stone's son, he was last year's uh, highest earner or highest uh, money raiser, and we'll say he's in the running to do that again this year. Nice. Uh, so really, really cool that, uh, you know, 
two XL and and the Stones put this on, and so um, so I'm very very excited for uh, for this meet. What uh, what are your thoughts on the U.S. Open and uh, pressing the pieces? Well, I, the pressing the pieces is awesome. Yeah. Um, I really would like to go out there. I'm going to be a bit busy this weekend. Yep. But I will try to make an effort to come out there, and I love going to one two XL run meets yep. with Eric Stone, and especially this type of one. Um, and I've always I've, I've Follow it on uh, Instagram. I followed Eric Stone for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, just kind of keeping up to date with it. It looks incredible. It looks awesome to see. And there's going to be some feature lifters there as well. Yeah. Uh, US Open, me and Matt did a kind of preview of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best person to either preview the US Open, but at the same time, I'm curious how this grows. Just as a, kind of a spectator. Yeah. To it, because right now I'm a spectator to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how it grows, if it becomes that Olympia of powerlifting kind of thing, if they could run it, organize, or have it organized enough where it could become this grand, grand meet that everyone's going to be gunning for. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, more money, more prizes, get better lifts going on, uh, better judging as well. That's what I'm. That's what I'm mainly looking at this lit, uh, this meet. Mm-hmm. There's of course going to be great lifters there. I think Yuri's competing. I believe. So. I believe. Um, I know Chris Bridger's competing. Uh, I don't know if there was a lot of backouts because of you know, some injuries. A, but lot, a lot of various things. I don't know if Kaylor Wollum is competing or not. Mm-hmm. Doctor Deadlift. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Forsaken Warrior. Yes. Uh, Steve Johnson's going to be competing. And it is cool that you know people that I've met before are yeah. competing in this. And the same thing as last last year where I saw some people that I knew competing in. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, that's cool. Let me check this thing out. I'm like forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this like. It's it's becoming like the pinnacle of powerlifting, which I right want to see more of that. Right now it is, and I want to see if it continues to progress because it, right now it's got a few black eyes into it yeah. uh, for a variety of reasons. I thought, I mean, just the one that doesn't involve shooting yourself in the foot is was the judging last year. That left judge was, you know, at least at least consistent, but yeah. you know, you had to buy a red light if you're going to get one. Yeah, so or a white light. I'm sorry. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, at least you definitely get. Two yeah. white lights. Yeah. You're not going to get three white lights. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You bet. All right. So, good show. Yeah. I'm happy to have you in the, you know, there's like a, just a little, uh, little bit more happiness in my voice when you're here. I like that. I appreciate that. Man. I, I, I get happy. I get, I get in a good mood. You know, it's, to uh, do the, do the show on a weekend on a beautiful day. Yeah. And we're in the studio. Coming from the Evil Air. Studio. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, come from I, uh, the Evil Air. I, ha- I have a sign actually being made that says, Welcome to the Evil Air. Yep. Uh, from my office. So, uh, very excited to have that up. My, uh, so it's interesting that a quick tangent before we, we sign off here. So my, I had a meeting in here yesterday, uh, with some of my, of my team, talking through some stuff. And they had done a training for the managers, not for the directors and above. Mm-hmm. And they were basically told to bring some type of icebreaker. And one of them, the iceberg was, if you had to choose any hero or villain, what what would you be? And would you be a hero or a villain if you were that character? I'd totally be a villain. And so I said, as close as I come to being a hero, it would be Venom. Okay. And he's still an anti-hero. Uh, but then they, they specifically know, my team knows that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And one of the coolest characters in the extended universe is Darth Bane. Oh, yeah. And he is the inventor of the Rule of Two. And so we got on this huge tangent. And... I mentioned something about my office being the evil lair, and everyone says, you you are totally a villain because you're so nice, but we know that you could literally ax every single person here. I'm like, it's true. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have that power. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It makes sense. Pretty I would say you were Bane as a villain, but... Oh, yeah. That's... 
Oh, yeah. That just goes without saying. But, yeah, I would definitely be a villain. Yeah. I, or I just like to be. I like like the heels. Yeah. I like the heels. I like Razor Ramon when he was a heel. When he was face, he was great. But heel Razor Ramon? Oh, yeah. Was something else. This dirty Razor Ramon, like, just flick, flick the toothpick. You know? Oh, that's great. Yeah. I like, I, no, my, no, my, you my had favorite. something special, sweetheart. Not <laughs> me. I'd probably break that girl's heart. <laughs> Like heel Ric Flair, heel Ric Flair is just yeah. So, so I always like the wrestling heels. Yeah, heel Hulk Hogan is fucking awesome, dude. With it stopped when he, dying the goatee and everything. When so he started great. air guitaring into the ring, was the fucking excellent thing. So, so so wonderful. Yeah, if I could start creating a persona for powerlifting, I'll try to be a heel. But I think I just come off as too goofy. Enzo Fortino. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, maybe. All right, we'll see you guys next week. I am the co-host for me now, Zenzo, and with me is... At Bane316. Juices, are you going to say it? <laughs> well, yeah, usually, but... I say see you guys next week early. Oh, he's All right. Early, okay. <laughs> Deuces. One, two. Deuces.